0: Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and one a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. throws up the middle. That's At the Get 30, Derrick Brooks 30. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Oh, so the end down. Battle intercepted. Picked off at of the end zone. Fox are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs.
1: Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to the Salty Dogs podcast. Week two of the 2021 season. The Buccaneers, your Buccaneers, are 1-0. I
2: am Scott Smith. And I am Jeff Ryan. We're
1: the Salty Dogs.
2: Yeah, oh, cool. excited. And, and before we get in, because there's so much to talk about today, uh, we do have to say, hey, thanks, Beefalo Brady's, because you are our sponsor. And uh, this is where I have to do mm-hmm. my thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I like it.
2: Uh, well, before I do that, maybe I should ask you, what is your Beefalo Brady's tip? This is tip? my weekly
1: Beefalo Brady's yeah, tip? <clears throat> tip of the week. Okay, well, I have a different kind of one this than the last couple and I've just been saying things I like there. If you have a wife or girlfriend or significant other that doesn't, there's not a lot of um, drinks that she likes. Okay. Uh, one of the few drinks that she'll ever order, I'm talking about alcoholic drinks, sure. is uh, sangria. Oh. Red sangria. Okay. I don't know how you would ever guess this, but Beef Brady's has red sangria that she likes a whole lot. Well, there you go. So, so there you go. And that's if, from, so if, the, if the guys are drinking beers and you want to have something, red sangria. All right. That's a great tip, by the way. I like that. I like that a lot. Now you do the uh, the and now now
2: I do the corporate things. You know, wings, beer, beers and wings. Nobody can combine. Let me do this again. Let me back it up. Try it again. Ready?
1: (laughs) I'm gonna edit that. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of in a hurry. I'm my. Brain is going faster than my mouth, which is hard to do.
1: It's surprising in your case. I know,
2: yes. Wings and beer, beer and wings. Nobody combines them like Beef O'Brady. Start with the award-winning traditional or boneless wings and a variety of sauces and dry rubs. Next, pick your brew or your sangria. Beef says all your faves on tap. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer and wing time all the time.
1: Well done. Take two. Take 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 two was very good. Yeah, that's
2: usually what happens.
1: So, take one for the Buccaneers was nice. And I think I said this to you the other day. This is this is my summary of how I feel about the Buccaneers' right. 31-29 yeah. win over the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL's kickoff game. A real thriller of a game. It was. It was a good. It was a good spotlight for the NFL to start the whole season. It
2: it was huh. absolutely a terrific game, and right. thankfully.
1: Well, this is what I said to you, and I'm going to yeah, repeat it here. Sure. The Buccaneers committed four turnovers. And they were costly, most of them. Mm-hmm. They had a negative three turnover ratio. They only got one on their side. They gave up 450 yards. They committed 11 penalties for like 100 and something yards. They gave up 30 first downs. And they won the game. Yeah. I don't think the Bucks played anywhere near close to the kind of game they can play. And they won the game. And against what I think we'll find out is a pretty good opponent. I yeah. think Dallas is going to be pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. And... I, and that's why I feel so good about the win
2: is because you didn't play your best game and you won. And good teams good good teams don't always they have say to play that their a, best game. They
1: say that about pitchers in Major League Baseball. Some of the best pitchers are the ones w- they still win even when they don't have their mm-hmm. best stuff. So the Bucks didn't have their best fastball. Although on offense it was pretty good, sure in the I, passing
2: game. I have to say I was I was uh, surprised how well Dallas played and how and how good they looked. I, I wasn't it,
1: surprised. Wait, no, I, I I don't just know like wha- you weren't surprised about the release of Cam Newton.
2: Uh, apparently, I'm um, not the only one since he's still out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and when and he's when waiting for the right situation. Oh yeah, well it is. It's called the Washington football team, yeah, and I they know. went. Um, I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. Wow. Well, it doesn't help, the, you know, and all. It, 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 well. I
1: I derailed you. You were talking about how Dallas is going to be.
2: Yeah. Good. What I was going to say it is you realize Dallas goes as their quarterback goes, It mean, seems like all teams are that way. Most of them. And with Dak coming back in after not playing for, I don't know, 11 months, whatever it was, pretty impressive. They look good. Yeah.
1: I'm glad for them, especially because mm-hmm. they're off our – unless it's in the playoffs, we don't have to worry about them anymore. Sure. Um, in fact, I hope they're good. Because everybody in our division has to play them. Uh-huh. So we've already got our win against them.
2: Sure. Oh, look at you already doing the math.
1: <laughs> so, you know, because it's the NFC South matched up mm-hmm. with the NFC East yep. this year. Yep. So we also get to see Washington. And, you know, but well, not Ryan Fitzpatrick. Isn't that a bummer? Yeah. That that happened to him?
2: Yeah, well, especially with some really great guys. And that's what's kind of weird is all the different, you know, we talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick out for the year. Uh, Gerald McCoy out for the yeah. year. again. Two former Bucks. Yeah. And it is, First game. Um, we don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick is out out for the year. I think he will be. You think? It's a,
1: you know. I read it as hip subluxation, yeah. and if I think I know what a subluxation is, I believe that's a dislocation. Yeah, it we, is. Meaning it came out of the socket? It did. I don't see a guy coming back from that.
3: Well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't. I, I'm not a sure. doctor,
1: so I don't know. Right. I thought I read he was done for the year. I, is it, that wrong? It'd be a hard go. It would be a hard go. But, you know. A, everybody, every team that he's on loves him. Mm-hmm. Such a great guy. Well, it's and he was getting his opportunity. He wasn't going to have to look... Over his shoulder at the the rookie they just drafted yeah, or anything like that. It is. It is. It, 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 it's kind of a
2: crazy, crazy, crazy first week. But as you look at our game, it's it's like you said. What a great way to start the NFL season off. Um, all day, I I was just it just like we're never going to get the kickoff. It just seemed like it was going to take forever. And then it was actually a long game. I, I you know it,
1: it was it was it was a very long look game. Look at the clock. It's like. Late third quarter, and it's like eleven thirty. Yeah, <laughs> We're getting home at three o'clock this night. Uh, yep, but but what you love
2: about it is that it was certainly an exciting event for Buccaneer fans who hadn't really been into Raymond James Stadium since two thousand nineteen. That's
1: where I was going to go with that okay. because we had to. Obviously, we love Ryan Suckup again makes a clutch kick. He's thirty eight of forty one on field goals since he got here. That's what we needed. Um, especially he never misses from inside the 40, yes, Mm -hmm. I'm knocking on wood. Um, But what struck me about that was, okay, so when you're sitting in the press box, you don't have the best angle on field goals. Mm -hmm. Um, You look first for reactions. So, like, what does the kicker do? Is he throw his hands up? Does he put his head down? Because it's a little hard to tell if it's going through. And, of course, you wait for the refs to lift their arms. But in this case, you didn't even have to look because the crowd roared as soon as he kicked it. It was clear it was going through, and that is what we've been missing. I mean, I I really, at that moment, I was like, I wouldn't go so far as to say I got chills, but I was like, oh, cool, that's back, and not just back 2019 back. It's sold out Raymond James Stadium every game back Mm -hmm. from back in the 2000s and 1990s. Sure, yeah. That was great. I, I just, I enjoyed that moment a lot. Yeah,
2: it was one of those, it was one of those that, uh, as the game played out if you if you were a casual football fan this was a game to watch because yeah. it was really it, it it was a great way to suck you into the game of football because it was ebbs and flows yeah.
1: you know what else was the monday night game
2: well, I was just going to that's the <laughs> next thing. that yes. game
1: was Bonkers. Yeah,
2: yeah. Straight up bonkers. Which goes to show, don't ever
1: leave until it's over with. The, tell that to the Raiders. Yeah, they know. did leave. They well, left the field and went to their well, locker room so when they, they thought they won. Down. Well, the guy put his hands up. Touchdown. <laughs> it's down. a close play. I think I'd hang around and wait to yeah. see if it was. Re- they had to come back out I know, the locker room. It was overtime. I know. They thought they'd won the game. Yeah. But they didn't. He was ruled down, and then they didn't. They ended up committing a penalty, backing up, and And then throwing a a crazy off a helmet helmet, interception. They did end up winning the game, which is the good news if you're a Raiders fan. Sure, but that game was just nuts from beginning to end. Yeah, Uh, and that's I think I think that's kind of it was fun. Yeah, I
2: that's that first week of uh, you know everybody's talking about oh you got to play your guys during the preseason and and whatnot. Personally, I kind of like it because there are. Teams aren't what they're going to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that first week, they haven't played a whole game. There's all these little nuances. So it kind of creates of you don't know who's going to win. You can't just say, hey, these guys yeah. are going to
1: Oh, week one, you've, you've we can't do it anymore, no. but you've been in su- survivor oh, pools yeah, before. Sure. Week one and week two is when oh, you, you mean, have the most carnage. Yeah, mail it, it in. You don't know who's good. Sure. Uh, Green Bay. Now, Green Bay gets demolished by the Saints, which... which I'm, you know, we want both of those teams to lose. Sure. But I really would prefer the team in our division to lose. So I was right. rooting for Green Bay that night. Yeah. They get just absolutely demolished. And then some people are saying, well, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, and he did this to himself to some extent. He's very much in under scrutiny and spotlight sure. from their fans. They're going to be on him when things go badly. Um, and they focus on, well, he didn't practice, he didn't play at all in the, uh, preseason. In the preseason. Yeah. Yeah, you know who else didn't play a single snap in the preseason? Uh, who? Matthew Stafford, because oh, Sean McVay refuses right. to play his starters. And right. he didn't look too bad, too shabby. Boy, is that the same
2: Matthew Stafford that started for the Detroit Lions for like nine years?
1: That same one. Wow. Now he's in a new spot. All of, all of a sudden, he got good. <laughs> he's always put up good numbers. <laughs> I know, he really That's has. what McVay wanted. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so far, that looks good, although uh, a pretty—who was it against um,
2: Brown, uh, Bears? Bears. Rams against okay, the Bears. Okay,
1: Rams against Bears. It was the Lions that made a big comeback against San Francisco.
2: Yeah. Well, no, they they, they didn't
1: make it all the way. No, but they were they, down like thirty-eight to the ten or yeah, something. Yeah, they, they made it.
2: They made it exciting. They made it close. Sure.
1: Two things from that Monday night game. So I'm, um, we're watching it. My wife actually was watching with me at the time, and um, so their, their defensive coordinator, I think, is uh, his last. I think it's Baltimore's defensive coordinator.
2: Okay. I think his name's
1: Don Martindale. Yeah. But he goes by Wink Martindale. Uh-huh. Who was a, uh, a game show host, yeah. among other things. Sure, and Giselle's jockey. like, Giselle, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying she's paying close attention to every moment of the game, but she hears Wink Martindale, and she looks up and goes, Wink Martindale? Because people of our age remember the name Wink Martindale. Sure. And this is what I, I I struck me there. I don't really like it when people adopt nicknames just because they were somebody else's nickname before. People well, just call this guy Wink Martindale because there used to be a Wink Martindale. Oh, Okay. So, there is no, he doesn't like wink all the time or no, blinks. No, I assume not. Okay. I mean, it'd be pretty crazy for two different guys to come upon the name Wink Martindale separately
2: mm-hmm.
1: in separate ways. You know, it was like, it was like when we had Carl, the, and I love Carl. Lu, Carl
2: the Truth. Williams, Williams,
1: but he was just given the nickname The Truth because there was yeah. a boxer named Carl The Truth. Boys. Sure. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of that. No. I think nicknames should even, be even organic.
2: Even though we know you as Scooter.
1: But who's that after? I don't know. It's just a thing that people commonly call so, people Scott. so it
2: So, in other words, uh, anyway, it's also I'm, like Scotty uh, Miller. He he didn't steal it from you. Is his name's Scott, so it's Scooter. It's so. not the
1: same thing. You okay. know it. First of all, I don't <laughs> call myself Scooter. No, you don't. So, it's not, you know, it's I'm uh, sure Wink, this Wink Martindale probably calls himself Wink Wink, Martin. okay. I don't remember what his first name is, Don or something. It, whatever. Um. All right. Uh. What else, Jeff?
2: Uh. I was just thinking about our game and... Um, I'll tell you sean p- sean Murphy bunting it's just that's a shame it's it just it, that's uh, again freak,
1: yeah, and the crazy thing about that is you feel good about it. we always talk about how the depth on this team is really good mm-hmm. at pretty much every spot. the roster's so deep, sure, and then all of a sudden you look up and you're feeling really thin at a position because. Jordan Whitehead didn't play. He's he's back, though. Coach says he's full speed. He's going to go. He practiced today. Today is Wednesday that we're recording
0: yeah. this. Wednesday and afternoon. full
1: speed. Yeah. So he should be back, but he was out. <coughs> and so Mike Edwards was playing with Antoine Winfield. And your third safety, for the most part, was um, Ross Cockrell. Mm-hmm. But Ross Cockrell had to go in and play in the slot when Sean Murphy Bunting went down. And then Jamel Dean, who was... They were starting out with Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis on the outside, and then in sub-packages, when there's a third receiver on the field, SMB moves into the slot, and Dean plays on the outside. But now you got Dean playing the whole game on the outside, because SMB is out, and Cockrell's in the slot. Cockrell, uh, and then all you had behind that was Dee Delaney, mm-hmm. um, who's really not really a proven guy, no. <clears throat> and then Jamel Dean... Uh, you know, coach defended him a little bit and said he did some good things, but he, he pretty clearly had some struggles. They, they were attacking him. Yeah, and yeah, they really were. And so you got Jamel Dean struggling a little bit out here, and Sean Murphy bunting's out. You don't have Jordan Whitehead. All of a sudden, you're like, wow, we have a thin secondary. I'll I A blue just like that. Now Whitehead coming back helps. We could. Uh, uh, we've signed Andrew Adams mm-hmm. from the practice squad, so that'll help. Um, and we could elevate one of the corners, uh, Herb Miller, or the guy we just signed, Pierre Desir. For the game, if we want to, from the practice squad, so there's there's guys there, but it was just yeah. in the middle of that game. It was like, wow, we, we can't afford another injury here. I, I really love
2: the new practice squad rules. It's great. I, I seriously, I think I, I think that's something that's never going to go away. It just it, it gives teams opportunities to keep playing.
1: Well, the practice squad elevation rule was not a COVID rule. No, that one was that, that was, was part gonna be of the anyways? new CBA. Yeah. Okay, it was just going to be. The two, the differences are um, it was going to be only 10 players last year and 12 this year, mm-hmm. and then I think going up to 14 next year. But they just went to 16 and then kept it there for this year. So the size of the practice squad and then the, the, how quickly you can come off of injured yeah. reserve. But the elevation rule um, was already in place. So that's the thing to say for sure.
2: And we utilized uh-huh. it and it worked out really, really well. Oh, and then the
1: other new COVID rule for the practice squad was the practice squad protection. So each week we can protect up to four guys from Tuesday at 4 and through the game, they can't be signed away. Yeah. So, well, and speaking of Adams, he he had one of the biggest plays of the whole game. The guy Uh just got here and Uh just got elevated from the practice squad. Uh, Two years in a row, he's... Finished the season here, signed as an unrestricted free agent somewhere else, uh, and then ended up back here when the season started.
2: He's really doing well on the signing bonuses.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> because you know, it's it, you kind of think it's I I don't know. I thought it was kind of weird. Philadelphia brings them. You know, they sign him as a free agent. Usually, if you're coming in as a free agent, it it's because they want you. You know, they're pretty much going. This fits what we need to do. Yeah, and then and then and then being cut, but. It's Actually, two years in a row. Detroit the year before. And but for him, he keeps coming back here. Well, of course he comes back he here. Loves
1: we, it. We want him. He knows the defense. Sure. And so he makes that great open field tackle on the pitch to Zeke Elliott, one on one. Nobody else is going to help him, and he no. gets him down. So they have to settle for a field goal, and they don't go ahead. And we we stayed at the moment, although then.
2: And, we, and when you look <clears throat> at that, you look at that game it, it, back and forth with the Dallas Cowboys. You know they missed uh, what two field goals and an extra point. Well, yeah, but one of the field goals was like sixty yards. Okay. right? Okay. Well, so yeah, they technically, yeah, technically, yeah, but apparently they thought he could make it. Uh, you know, she, at the end of the
1: half, you try to kick a.
2: You know, you try. Well, he should have brought his punter out. Yeah, like we did. Yeah.
1: Um, I yeah. digress. So the th- the thing I was saying before about um, giving up four hundred fifty yards and mm. giving the ball away four times oh, and wow. still winning yeah. that's the that's the only time that that's ever happened for the Buccaneers. Yeah, and wow. it, it's only happened 11 times in the entire NFL since the since the merger, and this is the first time since 1996. So once again, all of that happened, and the Bucks still won. Sure, gotta be encouraged. What
2: I what the best part about that game, for me personally, was when Dallas went ahead, looking at the clock, and realizing there's a minute over a minute left, and thinking 124. My, and I always thought to myself. We're in good shape, yeah. and then Dave Moore goes. Well, if you're ever going to have a quarterback that you want <laughs> to take bring you back, this is the guy yeah. you want right now. Yes. And and at that point, it was very. It was like a calming moment. It wasn't one of those I like the uh you know, it's over with. We're yeah. done. You know, we how how could we have lost the first game? Um, that type of thing.
1: Yeah, I felt pretty good. I, I, I yeah. was nervous, but um, I think. You know, after the game, several people like Bruce Arians is like, "Oh yeah, we knew we were going to win that game." That's pretty easy to say sure. after you've won the game. Yeah. But I do totally believe that everybody was calm and confident on the sideline. Uh,
2: See, yeah, and I think that when when you hear them say things like, "Oh, I knew we were going to win the game." I, that's confidence. That's that we have the team is built to withstand this. And
1: Well, because we have Tom Brady. It,
2: well, yes. Yes. But I have to say Chris Godwin had a had a hard night. But he made an impossible catch. And Dallas fans, if you happen to be listening to this, you're going, That was pass Passed interference. Yeah. I thought I thought it was kinda interesting um I'm gonna go back to what, what Dave Moore was talking about and he explained it immediately. He goes, a lot of people are, are going to go. That's pass interference. He goes, but that's a great call because it's not. Usually, you get pass interference when a receiver extends his yeah. arms oh, all okay. the you've way. you talked out. about this before. Yeah, and and when you look at the replay, they're just
1: hand to hand, and it's he disengages without extending his arms. Right. You've brought this up before as it relates to Mike Evans because you get a lot of those. Mike always gets caught. That's why. Well, Mike not as gets much those. anymore. No, no. And I think he learned. Dave Moore said you've you've used this before and mm-hmm. said Dave mention that guys have to learn to when they're when they're hand fighting like that when yeah. they're locked up and they disengage they have to do it without fully extending their arms.
2: Yeah, which is not easy to do,
1: but I I'd, I'd have to go back and look at it yeah. to see how oh, it, accurate it, that is. Yeah, you see the da 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 and, and he kind
2: of it, spins away and, and, and he, he and spins away. But great catch. I mean, yeah. uh, at the key moment the plays that needed to be made were made.
1: I would argue a little bit with some of your wording. I he had one really unfortunate play, but I don't think he had a rough night before that. For him, I, you all He's oh, got no. the fumble, which was bad. Yeah. And then some people say that was a drop on what could have been a touchdown a little bit earlier on a deep ball. That's a tough play, man. You, he's looking over his left shoulder. Well, he went and then had to go right. Brady but, had to throw it outside because yeah. the defender was here. And he's just getting back around when that ball's right. But
2: if he made that catch, you would have said, oh,
1: that's Chris Godwin. He I would makes have said great catches. catch. Yeah. I don't expect every guy to make every really hard yeah. catch. That was a tough one, no question. The obviously the fumble, he'll take that one, and then he got to redeem himself, which is the best possible well, storyline.
2: That that's a perfect example of the mental game where a guy can just—he
1: didn't check out,
2: didn't check out, didn't think about it again. On to the next play, and Tom
1: Brady wasn't afraid to throw him the ball. It,
2: yeah, there's
1: why would you be? It's yeah, well, awesome. yeah, there's there's that. There was one more thing from that I wanted to get to from okay. the Monday night game, sure. and because it's a it's a. Um, it's one. Of, it's an axe to grind that I've been grinding before, Ooh. and I want to grind it again. An axe to grind? I have an axe to grind once again. Okay. I've done this before, so this is like a greatest hits kind of thing. All right. You know when they tried a couple of years ago to make pass interference reviewable? Yes. And it was an utter disaster. Uh, it was horrible. Everybody hated it. I hated it. Still hate it. It was awful. Yep. I'm glad they got rid of it after one. Yeah. All that being said... I would totally support them making roughing the passer a reviewable call. I totally agree. I cannot argue with you. It's the number one thing I want in terms of rules from the NFL, in in terms of changing something. If they said, you have the power of the commissioner for one day, you can change one rule, that's at the very top of my list. Make roughing the passer reviewable, even if it's a challenge. Maybe you have to challenge it. I'm fine with that. And,
2: And it's not a knock against the officiating. It's bang, bang, but... Sometimes you see it and you go, "Yeah, I could see why you would call it," but that wasn't the case.
1: To me, it's the most frustrating moment when you're a when you're a fan watching a game mm-hmm. when you see a roughing the passer call and it erases a great play <coughs> by the defense. In this case, it erased an interception. In the I mean, it, this was actually in the Green Bay game. Yeah, it, it wouldn't have mattered. They got demolished. Anyway. Sure, but they needed a spark, and they got an interception, and then there was a roughing the passer call, and immediately, the announcers. Me, I'm sure everybody watching was like, wait a minute, that's a terrible call. And then they keep looking at it again like there's nothing there. There's nothing there. It's a terrible – announcers are saying it. They're writing articles about it the next day. Fans watching it are going, that's crazy. And there's nothing you can do about it. it it's so frustrating because you see it live and you think, wait a minute, that's not roughing the passer. Right. And then they show the replay and you're like – that's totally not rough in the passer. It gets even worse. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, no. The frustration level sure. goes through the roof. No. And that wasn't even my team. Right. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't normally even be ruined for the Packers. <laughs> that wasn't even my team. You know, and I was still so frustrated. <laughs> I get you. <clears throat> I feel you. I don't, I don't, I just, I, I don't, I've never heard him discuss that, though, so I don't think that's going to happen. And after the PI debacle, they probably don't want to go down that road again. No. But this one doesn't seem hard
2: yeah. Because
1: every time you look at it, every time it seems to me, it's not a question. It's like, well, they clearly blew that call. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. You that's, that's my act. I
2: understand. I, I, this I, would be a more lively conversation I, if you disagreed, but fortunately, well, you agree I, with me. Well, I can't because I was watching the same game and I thought the same thing. <laughs> and I was like, just, uh, I will say... Uh, it's very weird because it's almost a week since we played a game and to me it's been e- I feel like it's eons so out of sync.
1: Yeah, well it's because it was a Thursday game. Yeah,
2: we had a game in Houston and it was 10 days off yeah. and then we had a game and now it's another 10 days and when I say off I'm just saying before the next game we're currently working all the time. But the um the, the, just the rhythm
1: of of it all
2: is not there. It's
1: we're definitely not in a rhythm right and, now. And,
2: I, and Bruce Arians made a comment today about it is, you know, maybe we'll get in a rhythm when we play Miami for a one o'clock yeah. game, but you. you He's wait.
1: like, one o'clock, Sunday one o'clock games have kind of gone away for yes, us. Yeah, <laughs> <I don't laughs> yeah. We don't get many of those anymore. Even the ones at the end of the year. Which we're not complaining about. Yeah, no. And even at the end of the year, I don't see them coming back either. You think we'll be flexed at that point?
2: Yeah, sure.
1: I don't know. It's We're only one game in. You, let's well, not put the cart before the horse yet.
2: I know, but.
1: But one you can, just one you, can dream. I just am leery of getting too no 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 too, yeah. hey, th- too there, assumptive about what's going to happen. There's there's a hard go. Not I mean sure I mean work. you've got uh, uh,
2: a four o'clock game this Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, Then you have to go out to SoFi Stadium, which
1: is a long trip. I'm
2: looking forward to seeing that stadium itself. Yeah, uh, uh, pretty phenomenal. And um, then you have um, New England. New England,
1: which, which is the one everybody's waiting for, right? Looked all right. Um, crazy. <coughs> New England looked all right. They yeah. lost by one to the Dolphins, sure. but I think the Dolphins are a pretty decent team this Seem year. Seemed to be. Their rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, looked pretty good. He looked solid, mm-hmm. cool under pressure. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be okay. So it should be a pretty good game in week four. What team surprised you? Well, the Green Bay, Green Bay surprised me in terms of just how utterly terrible they uh, were. I, I agree. Uh, I guess, let's see, who was surprisingly, well, Arizona. Arizona, people have been waiting for them to be really good with Kyler Murray going off for a couple of years now. And they've uh-huh. been kind of like, meh. They, Kyler Murray went off. And they just trounced up what everybody thinks is a pretty good Tennessee team. Yeah. So I would say Arizona's the positive surprise of the week one and Green Bay's the negative. Mm-hmm. How about you? I thought, I thought uh,
2: Cleveland played really well against uh, Kansas City in yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, for about
1: three quarters. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we'll talk about, um, with our guest. Uh, the punting issue. The punting issue of Cleveland and what goes through the mind of a, of a punter.
1: Yeah, we should get to our guest, right? Yeah, I, I want to ask
2: him about that.
1: Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. He would know. Although well, I don't we, know if he's ever dropped one. Well, maybe he'll tell us.
2: I don't know. But uh, but it, it, it always sucks when it gets down to, um, you know, a miscue like that. Because that was a pretty good ball game. I don't know if you watched
1: it. I saw no. not very much of it. Was
2: actually, it was actually... I know they were winning. It, it was kind of fun uh, for me because... Uh, Directv uh, sent me an email and said, "Hey, we're giving you the NFL ticket for free oh, for the next few weeks." No,
1: oh, I didn't and get I, that email. I
2: was like, "This is
1: great!" Send me that email.
2: And um, well, I've been a, a we don't normally need it because no, we're, usually working we're working on Sundays. Um, so I was able to flip around on all the games. That's fun. Which was fun. fun. Which was fun. They didn't give me the red zone, but they get. But but I I'm a, I can, I'm good with a remote control. So. From
1: what I understand. Um, Cleveland had like a ten point lead late in the third quarter, that which did. means basically Patrick Mahomes had him just won that, one. Of them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you and you could see where the tide was changing on them, and then then it was inevitable. Yeah, it was like Patrick oh Mahomes is inevitable. You, it, it's uh, they're going to be a good. They're a good team. <laughs> you
1: think? Yeah, they're Th- a good team. Wait, wait let me see. If, Kansas, you're State. saying the team that's been well, in the last two Super Bowls and well, more I, understand of them is a good team? I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. This is where you come for no for. That type How of many times
2: have you seen Super Bowl teams fade?
1: Some. Okay, so it's hard. To, it's hard to be. I'm just saying. I think that it's pretty clear that Kansas City is a yeah. good team. Well, everybody, everybody games up for before you. we get to the next segment. I just had one. I want to see if you could guess any of these. Any. So the the issue is the Buccaneers have won nine in a row. Yeah. Which is a team record. Okay.
2: Going back to last year Going
1: b- and counting the postseason. Okay. But still. Um, the previous record was seven, which was all during the regular season in 99. Right. Um, that's a record, as I said. So, if we could beat the Falcons, it would be ten. Okay? All right. Right now, there are only five teams out of the 32 that have never won ten games in a row. The Buccaneers are one of them. We never won eight games in a row before this stretch. Now we've Kay. won nine. The Bucks and four other teams have never had a ten-game winning streak. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It's not New England. All right. <laughs> Cincinnati. That's right. In fact, they are the only team that's never had a nine-game winning streak.
2: Okay. That's uh, a good start. Uh, I have to think about it just for a second only because I want to say Cleveland, but back
1: in the day, Cleveland was pretty good. They have a bunch of 10-game winning yeah, streaks. Yeah, they used to Because be this counts everything. Remember they were winning yeah. NFL championships with sure. Otto Graham in the 50s yeah. and 60s, I think? Um, Otto Graham went to Northwestern, by the way. Yeah. Uh Atlanta Falcons. Nope. Really? Pretty decent guess, but no. Wow. I, I don't think there's any real rhyme or reason to the other three. So okay. I can, you want me to just tell you? No. I don't. Well, let's not have a lot of dead air. Well we're not. I'm Beef pays us to talk. Yeah. Well they pay us.
2: Well, they in some way, some <laughs> form, <laughs> you are <laughs> you're gonna go into Beef Brady's and, and Giselle's getting a ton of sangria. She, read, she still yes. won't get a ton. Yeah. She'll have a glass. She'll have a glass. Maybe maybe and call it call it quits. <laughs> um I, okay, go ahead. Tell me. Uh, the others
1: are Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Houston.
2: Maybe Houston well, would have been guessed I almost guessed said all, Houston. Because uh, they haven't yeah. been around that long. Sure. Are you saying the Titans, or are you saying Houston? I'm saying the Texans. Oh, the Texans. See, when I think of Houston, I still I think of the
1: Oilers. That's fair.
2: Crazy, isn't it?
1: It is. And it's...
2: You know what was funny about being in Houston? That the Astrodome's still there. Is it? Yeah. Nothing goes on in there, though, right? Uh, I, They used to do the rodeo in there. But what's weird about it... It's, that used to be this huge arena. It was like modern wonder of the world. And now with their stadium there, you you can't see it because the new stadium
1: blocks. You can't even get near. That's how they make them now. How yeah. big do you think this SoFi place is going to be?
2: Uh, after looking at the way the parking lots look, this place is huge. Yeah. yeah. Do you know? Do you know it's a hundred feet down? Excuse me.
1: They built down the into field, the field. Yeah. It's
2: kind of like Kansas City. Kansas City. Yeah. Not not football.
1: Yes. I didn't think... No, Arrowhead is not in, nope. not sunk. I worked there. It's not? It's the just... The baseball up. stadium is sunk. Really? When you walk into the baseball See, stadium, I you're thought, on the second level. I thought you had to
2: go underneath the stadium to get to the field in Kansas City.
1: No? I don't know. That's a
2: good thing. I, but recoll-
1: I worked there. Well, I understand. And my recollection, in the building, that's where the offices were yeah. in the stadium. My recollection sure. is the ground level when you walk in is also field level. Okay. But you're definitely right about the Kansas City... I think it's Kauffman Stadium, uh-huh. which is right next to... Arrowhead Stadium. Sure, and that one definitely is sunk. When you walk in, yeah. you're on the second level, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So you're saying I had no idea this is true. And the only reason why is I reached out to my
2: counterparts because the Bears played there, and I reached out to them and said, "Hey, how how is the stadium?" Because we've not been there. So I always like to get a you know a mm-hmm. little little um, intel on what to look for, and they were saying that it's uh, the their play-by-play guy said it was their best. Uh, he, it was the best stadium he's been in.
1: Convenience and
2: just, just he goes. It's an experience.
1: It's an experience. Yeah, I like the idea of it being stuck and I wonder what the advantage is. Why would you choose to do that?
2: Um, I, I, I don't know. I would, I would think that the reason why you would do that is so you could still go up, and it's not too high. So okay. you, you have eight floors, but
1: yeah. you
2: know, two of them are below
1: level. Like you don't want to build a stadium that's too tall. Is maybe
2: yeah. That's what I'm thinking.
1: It would look weird for a stadium to be eight eight stories tall. Yeah,
2: long. it is. Uh, it is a. It's going to be a, a an interesting. Um, yeah, well, we'll setup. be there soon. When we get there, we'll let you know.
1: All right, so we want to go ahead and get to Bradley Pinion, the yes. special teams NFC special teams player of the week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, he's a nice guy, and
0: sure, it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. The Salty Dogs.
1: And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith.
2: Oh, I'm Jeff Ryan. By the way, yeah. the I almost got lost
3: there.
1: Jeff, let me introduce you to the reigning special NFC special teams player of the week, Bradley Pinion. Congrats, man!
3: Thank you very much. You know, it's a it's a huge team honor. Um, to, when you get special teams player of the week as a punter, your coverage team and your protection team has to do a, a tremendous job, and they did. Um, so credit to them, and credit to long snapper playing through an injury the whole game. Um, he's a boss. Yeah, I was going. Uh, he's uh, he's he's special. Um, he's going to be missed greatly um but he uh he really deserves this award more than I do
1: I was gonna ask you about that a little bit later I mean have you ever seen a guy show toughness like that was it his snapping hand that he had the finger hurt on
3: I mean he uses both hands to snap so yeah yeah.
1: um
3: but no he uh he's 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 something else he's a uh he's a true boss in my opinion and um he it happened early in the game and he played the whole game snapped a game winner on it um didn't miss a beat and uh like I said he's gonna be missed um but we're gonna we're not gonna miss a beat though, because um, that's kind of how the NFL works. You got to do next man up, and um, Tinker's gonna do awesome. Um, he's already been out here. He got some good work today, and i um, excited to get to working with Tinker and uh, keep on rolling.
2: How how big of an adjustment is that gonna be for you? Working. It's with- just a
3: time. It's just a timing okay. adjustment. Um, just every snapper snaps a little different, so you just gotta get used to that snapper and that timing. Um, so we did great today. Um, Ryan went out there and made all of his field goals today. I punted well today, so it was a uh, it was a good day. Um, didn't really miss a beat, like I said, and we'll continue to grow and get more comfortable with each other and um, excited to have Carson here and um, excited to keep it rolling.
1: Totally understand why you and, and agree with you on sharing that honor with all your teammates and, and with Zach. But, man, a 65-yard field goal that angles out of bounds to two, I don't think I've ever seen that before.
3: Have you ever done that <laughs> yeah, a little bit, of, a little bit of luck um good lord good lord had his hand on that one for sure Uh, i knew i hit it good when i hit it um i was excited the first punt of the season um first punt of the whole entire nfl season and i was excited for that um so i might have been a little little extra juice in there and i knew i hit it good and then when it came off my foot i was like oh that might be good and then uh kept watching it and i was like oh that's that might be really good and then i got fired up man i mean when when you put our defense on the field and make a team go 90 plus on them. Uh, it's hard to do every time. It's near impossible to do every time with our defense. Um, and that's my goal: pin them as deep as we can, um, put our defense in the best field position possible, and have our offenses back. That's the special. That's what special teams is, is for: have the put defense in good field position and have our offenses back. And we did a great job of that as a team this past game.
1: You've won this award before, actually. You won it once. Yeah, this yeah. game better than that one. Which one was the better game?
3: Probably this one because it was three inside the 10. Um, it's it's hard to do. Um, it just, like I said, your, your guys have to have your back. And they had my back the whole entire game. Um, going down there, pinning those balls inside the 10, that's uh, impressive as a whole unit. And I uh, just, I can't speak highly enough of the punt team that we have from long snapper to gunner to right slot to guard. I mean, we're, we're, we're loaded. Um, we got some good rookies in there that have really stepped up and their first game and had great games um they're going to be awesome additions to our special teams and to our team and just excited to continue building um i think it was a good place to start um set the bar really high and now we just got to maintain that bar and keep building
2: i'm just curious that you know here you you've won this award and you've had a really good game but the cleveland browns struggled a little bit and i kind of want to get into a mindset of a punter um they muffed the punt and he kind of panicked. So my question is other than the theory of, Oh crap, what's going on? How do you handle that?
3: Uh, you don't muff it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, in my opinion, the punter has to have some of the best hands on the team. Um, Cause if you think about it, you're, you're catching more passes than some of your top wide receivers. The only other person catching more passes than you, if you want to think about it is your quarterback. Um, so I think your punters have to have great hands. Um, cause for one, you got to hold most punters hold. Um, and then you're catching a 15 yard pass every single time the ball snapped to you. Almost it's either seven or 15 yards or eight or 15 yards. So, um, you gotta have good hands. Um, so knock on wood, hope that doesn't ever happen to me. Um, but just the biggest thing is looking the ball in, make sure you catch it. If you can't catch it, you can't punt it. So you gotta catch it first. Um, but if that ever does happen, you hope you have time to get it off or you kind of do what, the guy in Cleveland did and you run around with your like a chicken your head on fire yeah
2: well I was just curious if that if you practice a bad snap and what you're supposed to do or does it just it's just instinct at that point
3: just turns into instinct um you practice some bad ball drills um so that doesn't happen but if I remember correctly I think that Cleveland punter it hit him straight in the bread basket and he just dropped it um and if I had to guess when that happens to me in practice or when I'm working um it's just you take your eye off the ball so as long as you keep your eye on the ball, look it in like a regular receiver would, um, usually you're pretty good.
1: Bradley, in recent years, you've been um, one of the leaders on the Bucks social justice board, which, uh, first of all, is that's still going on. I'm sure it's harder these last two years dealing with the pandemic. But uh, just a little bit, talk a little bit about what your guys' goals are and, and what you've done through that.
3: Yeah, no, it's still going. Um, we, we did a great job last year switching everything to virtual. Um, we met Zoom with local middle school. Um, and really affected some lives in the local middle school. Um, And this year, we're we're building on that. Um, It's not just the players involved, too. It's the whole entire organization. You have staff members um, going and meeting with these kids and really being mentors to these kids. And that's one of our main things is youth mentorship, um, get them while they're kind of young and impressionable um, and set them in the right direction. Um, And then they can do the same thing to somebody else. And you kind of create that trickle-down effect. Um, But then we have... Uh, you got social justice initiatives. I mean, we're all the bucks. I'm telling you right now, bucks are one of the best community relations um, out there. Miss um, Glazer does a Darcy Glazer does a great job. Um, she she's on it. Whatever we say, she really takes to heart, and she goes out there and pushes and um, makes it better and better each year. Takes all of our suggestions. Um, they they back you the players 100. Whether when you donate to something, they they match it most of the time, um, and it's. Not a lot of places are like that. Um, they have all the resources you need, and um, I' telling you, it's it's in my seven years in the league, it's one of the best, one of the best CR departments I've ever seen.
2: I, I like the fact that you said that they listen to what the players have to say. You know, a, a yeah. lot of teams try to do community stuff, but you can't do that unless players want to participate.
3: Right? What is your
2: motivation to participate into the community?
3: Um, I just I've been really fortunate my whole life. Um, and I, I don't believe my purpose is playing football. I believe my purpose is shedding God's light. I'm a huge Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think he kind of gave me this platform to do that, um, and to give back. And one of the best way to share God's light is to be a servant. Um, so putting your, humbling yourself and putting yourself in a servant position by honoring, by working with kids or working with dogs or working with veterans, um, or any, really just putting yourself in a, a servant position. Um, the reward you get from that is better than any 65-yard punt that goes out of the two I could ever have. Um, and just the, that, that kingdom reward is, it's where it's all at, honestly.
1: Are you still doing that uh, program where you sponsor the dogs?
3: Yeah, we upped it this year. Um, it's actually better than ever. So, Punts for Pups, um, every punt inside the 20. Um, we, me and my wife, sponsor the adoption of a dog at the local Hillsborough County Pet Resource Center. Um, but this year, we partnered with a f- dog food company called get Joy. And a um, foundation called Sierra Delta. So, every punt inside the 20, not only will a dog in Tampa be adopted, but a veteran will get to adopt a dog for free. And a veteran will receive $500 worth of training for a dog. Um, so, really, every punt inside the 20, three dogs are getting affected and two veterans are getting affected. Um, so, this past game, we had yeah. six, six dogs adopted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it, 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 it was an awesome start to the season. Um, and yeah. then we also have touchback to give back. Um, we partnered up with Convoy of Hope, um, a foundation that really does disaster relief and just aids, like aids everywhere all over the world. Um, they aid a ton of places all over the world. And for every touchback, um, i partnered with my uncle's company, which is Arlington Industries. It's a whole cell distributor of a bunch of like typewriters, printers, computers, different things along those lines. And they donate for every touchback that I hit. Um, so this past game <laughs> okay. we had six touchbacks i think last year we did the program and raised 70k um this year we're trying to go over 100 and with that money we put on a basically a community day um we did it in clemson this year um and we served over 600 people um we'd had snow cones football drills gave out tennis shoes socks hot dogs um bibles haircuts um blankets, footballs. I mean, we had it all and we were we were handing it all out and we served over six hundred people. And then what we had left over, um, we took to a local ministry there in um South Carolina and they are still using it, I believe, to serve and to give to the um the needy. And um uh, it's it's awesome to have those organizations back you and want to support you and have that support and then be able to perform to where you can help those people. Like I said, that I I think playing football is great and I love it and never want to stop playing it. Um, but it's not my ultimate calling.
2: Do you, do you have a website that people who would want to be involved or, or maybe, um, donate or contribute whatever they could do you have a website?
3: Definitely. So the Punts for pups website, um, it's actually at the top of my Instagram bio. Um, it's just Sierra Delta.com, um, backslash punts for pups. And you can actually donate if you wanted to, um, to Sidera Delta, to Sierra Delta, and it will actually go to helping more dogs get training. Um, get Joy was um, nice enough to donate basically $500 for every plant inside the 20 um, for that basic training. And that just gets the dog started in your training. So if you want to donate to help dogs, you can go to sierradelta.com backslash pumps for pups. And if you want to do the touchback to give back, um, you can go to convoyofhope.org. Um, and donate to Convoy of Hope, and when you do that, it'll have a box where you can put Touchback to Give Back in there, and, and so the money will go to the Touchback to, touch to Give Back campaign.
1: That's great, great stuff. Good question, Jeff. I'm glad to, you got him to share that. Uh, Bradley, we'd love to hear you talk about all this stuff Yeah. For, for a long time, but we've kept you longer than we said we would already, so we just want to thank you for your time, and again, congratulations on your award, and go get them again next week.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me on, and uh, go Bucks. The Salty Dogs,
1: and here we are back for the third segment of this Salty Dogs podcast with, with Jeff Ryan over there yeah. and Scott Smith. Wow was was that
2: not enlightening?
1: We could have done the whole thing on just the stuff he does in the community. I think unreal. I was I was a little nervous because I meant to ask him beforehand if he was still doing that that dog thing. Uh huh. Um, and then I thought because if I asked him, he said and he wasn't yeah. doing it anymore. Yeah. Be like, oh, no, I'm not doing it anymore. But he is, and I don't know how clear what it was, but every time he gets a punt dropped inside the 20, well, he explained Yeah. It, he explained it. Yeah. You, you can... Yep. So, I mean, every time... So, if you love dogs and you're watching the Bucks, when Bradley's on the field, you got to be rooting for him to drop yeah. inside the 20, yeah. and you know, hey, three more dogs are getting sponsored, yeah. and, and veterans are getting trained, and... Punting for puppies. you got to <laughs> love it. you got to love it. Uh, I
2: also... I, I was enlightened. I never really thought about... The hand punting. thing? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean... Seriously, he makes a he, no. he explains it really really well, and you never think about it, but he does touch the ball how many times?
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, so in this game he punted four times, so he caught four yard passes, mm-hmm. and he um, and actually I think he I think we had one punt that yeah we had a punt that was erased by penalty he had to do it again and he still got it inside the ten, uh-huh. and so that's five, and then he had the six kickoffs. So that, no kickoffs are catching the ball, obviously. I, I but he had the one five times when he would have to catch the ball on a place kick.
2: I did think you know he'd be a little more sympathetic to the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> don't drop
1: it. I just <laughs> like
2: I guess I guess you have to be like that's yeah. Don't
1: muffle. Well, he he was nice to me though because I don't know if you noticed, but I asked a really dumb question. What was that? So we were talking about Zach Trenner. I'm so used to him, I kind of avoid him. I, <laughs> I teed that one up for you. Yes, you we did. We were talking about Zach Trenner who if you didn't quite understand what we are talking about, he hurt one of his fingers uh-huh. in the game pretty badly. In fact, badly enough that he's now an injured reserve. Yeah. And may or may not make it back at some point this season. Um, so that's how bad he messed up his hand. And um, I asked him, "Did he mess up his snapping hand?" Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. And he Brad, said— Bradley's like, "Well, yeah, he, uses well he, use, he uses both hands." Which, by the way, I've been around the NFL snappers for thirty years now, and I'm yeah. aware that they use two hands. So why did I ask that dumb question? Well, I guess you. I don't know. I mean, because. I mean, remember, I, I was just thinking you, in my head of a center. You know, center you, shotguns are one hand. Were
2: you part of the the gang back before? Uh, where we all would try to be long snappers before I'm games. Do you remember? No, I never that? did that. Okay.
1: I did the game a little bit where we where you tried at the crossbar, at yeah, the yeah. passes. Yeah. Sometimes
2: during that, during those periods, we would try to be oh, okay. long snappers. Yeah, that's it's really hard. I to know do. that it's, it's really hard. Really hard.
1: If it was not hard, you wouldn't you wouldn't have a special spot for that on your team. You'd just be it, like we yeah. used to, where yeah, it go Scott, in. go, uh, well,
2: go it was snap. like Dave Moore. Yeah. He's a
1: tight end. He's a long snapper.
2: Yeah. Well, wow, like he says, that cr- that prolonged his career. I
1: three years. But there's not a lot of
2: Guys that can do it? No, no, there's
1: they don't. You don't really do that anymore. It's not a yeah. one guy is also your long snapper. You have a long snapper yeah. because this, it's so specialized and mm-hmm. difficult. But, it's a uh, tough go. We have a new one, Carson Tinker. Yes, played for the
2: Jaguars. And He's today, apparently, he had a good practice. Bradley was talking about it. Good chemistry. Uh, Bradley Pinion is really uh, uh, thoughtful. Yeah, and a great teammate. I mean, wow. he's a terrific person. When and if you go back and listen to the interview, you can you can tell how sincere he is. Yeah, and it, clearly it springs from his faith. Sure. And um, but I did like how he he brought in how everybody on, on the special teams, you know, bringing Tinker in, that we're all helping him out and Well, I mean, you know, suck up who's it's kicking not like good you at want practice. Him to suck. Well, no, but makes y- sense to help you him. You yeah. He, I mean, that's a tight—everybody says all of them are a little quirky, but I didn't I didn't get that.
1: We were running out of time, and I wanted to get a chance to talk to him about the community stuff, so I skipped it. But I was going to ask him—because he mentioned briefly, but I was going to ask him more about the most unsung job— in a football game, is the holder sure. on place kicks. Yeah. Because you really do. He's not kidding. He's like, he has to be a DJ. He has to catch that ball, yeah. get the point down, and then spin the laces away. I love that term, he had to be a DJ. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that. <laughs> Being he's, an, he's old, like spinning be, the be an old DJ, I got gotcha, oh, you. Yeah. Know. there you go.
2: Sure. That's great. So,
1: cueing he, he that ball up. Okay. So, all right, questions. Questions. That's what our last segment is okay. for. I'm ready. Questions from fans. All right. You're going to recognize this name. Okay. Although we haven't spoken with her or... Communicated via letters in a while. It's Rusty from Altamont Springs, the nurse. Oh wow! Yeah, yep. She hasn't been around in some. She time. just hasn't uh, sent us any questions. Oh, yet. I. She can. actually sent this question to me in my email, and it doesn't. It says, "Dear Scott," so maybe she it's intended me, to go in the mailbag, or maybe it's just to you. But I know that in the past she has listened to these podcasts. She yeah. said she does chores while doing so, so I I'm like hoping it. she's still listening, and I'm going to do it here. Sure. Okay. Dear Scott, an opinion and a question. And I didn't see this because I didn't see the game intros. Okay. If there were a game ball given for best self-introduction during a televised game, my vote goes to Ali Marpet's The Hobart College. Way to go, Ali Loved it. Yeah. So I didn't hear that, but I, I guess he, he made a riff on the whole sure. The Ohio the, State. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's
1: pretty funny. Yeah,
2: a lot of them were doing a lot of different th- uh You saw them? I didn't. Okay. I read about them. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, a lot of them are doing. Uh, players aren't just doing colleges anymore. They're doing high schools. They're doing shout shoutouts. Um, uh, Devin White did a shout-out to his stable. Okay. Uh, so
1: I always thought that when guys d- d- chose to say their high school instead of their colleges because they had some beef with their college.
0: Yeah, but that's or clearly not the case now. L- in,
1: in Devin White's case, uh, he's very. No. He still loves LSU. Yeah. He,
2: I th- <laughs> I think it's like anything else. It's it, um, we're salty dogs because they're changing everything. that has to go and. You know, it, the only thing that makes me more saltier than that is changing the numbers. You know, you don't like you're I, like Tom Brady with that.
1: I I total it, it. You're on Tom's side.
2: I am so on Tom's side. You wouldn't believe it. It, it. It's very cumbersome when you're in it, when you and in fairness, I'm being a salty dog right now. But I am going to say I recognize the game is changing the way they're doing numbers. I understand that. I have to re-educate myself that when I glance, when I see a single-digit number, it's not a quarterback or a punter. Correct. It could be a defensive lineman, for all I know, or an N. So you have to, it it makes it a little bit harder when you do what I do, that you have to start thinking about not just numbers. I got to remember what number on what
1: team goes to what position. So continue. Well, I did kind of think that when they opened up all those numbers, especially the single digits, to most positions, that it would be a rush of receivers into single-digit yeah. numbers. But it's been like DBs and yeah. like Joe Tryon and Edge Rusher. And, and, and then in college, you've got kickers wearing 99, for gosh sakes. Um, but that's an, argument, that's an argument for this, because they, they do it in college without any struggle. They, you know, like Jadavian Clowney wore seven. I read about some deep, huge yeah. defensive lineman wearing the number one. Yeah, I don't remember Z- who it was. There was
2: a zero. I can't remember what college team I <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, you can scoring.
1: wear zero in in college. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, because we're not done with this question. My question may not be worth your time to search for an answer. Come oh, on, of course it is. Come on. But and I did research it by the way. Good. But how many NFL teams have ever had two Mister Irrelevance on their fifty-three man oh, roster? Well, that's a good one. My guess would be not many, but I'm happy we have Ryan Suckup and Grant Stewart this year. Hope all is well with you. Keep the beard. Looks yeah. really nice on you. Your old nurse fan in Altamont Springs, Rusty. Uh, you know what? I, I almost
2: brought your beard up. Well, since it's a podcast and nobody can see I, it. Yeah, but I haven't seen you in a while. And, you know, and sitting across from you with the microphone, I almost said,
1: Santa, what are you going to bring <laughs> me today? <laughs> Somebody told me they thought it looked like um Hemingway? Uh, Mike McCarthy's beard.
2: Uh, Yeah, a
1: little bit. I've never really... Looks gr- good, though. I've never really grown it... T- I've grown beards before, but I've always kept them short. Sure. I've never really grown it yeah. like this. Um, But what it is, is it started out as my quarantine beard uh-huh. when I got COVID, despite being fully vaccinated. And, um, a- and so I grew it then, when I was trapped at home for almost two weeks. Yeah, And then I thought... You know, I'm going to make it a victory beard now. So I I'm, like not, it. I'm not I'm not I'm not in love with it. I want kind of want to get sure. rid of it, but, but I'm you, not going to yeah, it until yeah, the bucks yeah. lose again. Okay. Game. All right. All right. And I'm I'm going to let it continue to grow can't, thicker until I can't the bucks lose again. Wait
2: until February 16th. Yeah. If this gonna, is
1: finally Tom Brady's yeah, undefeated yeah. season, <laughs> I'm going to be like
2: <laughs> I um back
1: in the day I had a mountain
2: man beard. I had a beard almost to my I
1: I saw pull. an old picture of you yeah. where you have the You have the goatee you've been rocking for a couple decades now, but it also came down like this.
2: Oh, that was a couple years ago. A few years ago, I was playing around with it. Yeah, I didn't like it. Kind of like... No, I, no one did. <laughs> no one did, except me. You liked it? I was just I was just kind of we have a photographer Mike Carlson Yeah. and Mike's got it has a really cool sure. goatee and I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna to I'm going to try? try to sport that one. I'm going to yeah, try to I, rock I, that. I liked that picture now that Yeah, and you kind of go, yeah, no, that didn't that didn't work. But I had a full beard that was almost I don't know where your um you know where the button on your
1: hmm.
2: um polo shirt is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You had that for a while? Yeah. So my wife has been um, uh, suspiciously uh, quiet about it. Oh, no, no compliments. Okay. So I, I'm sure she's she's not the type to to insult. Okay, the fact that she hasn't said, "Hey, I like your beard," yeah. probably means it's not her she, favorite. She didn't say, "Oh, Scott, don't shave it." No, she no. said nothing of the sort. Okay, so we haven't answered this question. Well, yet. maybe perhaps you should give her a glass of beef. green red sangria. Um, so. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant, for anybody that doesn't know, is the humorous name that they've been giving to the last pick of the NFL draft since 1976, as it turns out, which was also the first year of the Buccaneers. (coughs) And um, so I'm only counting Mr. Irrelevance, who were actually called Mr. Irrelevant, and not somebody from like 1959, who was the last pick in the draft. So of the people since 76 who've been drafted last, did any two of them ever end up on the same team together? Do you think the answer is yes or no? I would say yes. Well, I mean, before Ryan Suckup and Grant Stewart, because Ryan Suckup was the Mister Relevant in like I don't know 2000. I would say the odds. 10, I, I, I
2: I I don't know, but I would ha- if I'm going to guess, I would say yes.
1: And then uh, Grant Stewart was Mister Relevant this year. The answer is yes, but oh, just barely. There was a guard named Matt Elliott, who was drafted last by Washington, 336th overall in 1992, my first year in the league. Mm. And remember, back then the drafts were 12 rounds long. Yes. And then, in 95, the Panthers, which I think was their very first year, drafted a safety named Michael Reed with the very last pick of the draft, 249th overall. In 1995 and 1996... Reed and Elliott briefly ended up on the Panthers roster together. Uh, Only one game for Michael Reed in 95 before he got hurt and went on injured reserve and the other guy Matt Elliott was inactive for that game so they didn't play together in that. But the next year the first two games of 96 both those guys were on Carolina's roster and then I think Michael Reed got cut, and that was the end. Well, they used to before COVID. They used to have a big parade for, for
2: yeah, Mr. Ir- Ir- yeah.
1: It was the um, I can't think of the, the, that family's name at the moment, but there's a there's a guy uh, who that, created it yeah. out in California. Now his family uh, uh, carries it on.
2: Yeah, but because of COVID, they haven't been able to do it the last few years. Yeah,
1: but, but I mean, they they yeah. treat the guy nice. Sure. Oh no, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not an insult. It's a recognition that that yeah. you know it's so. You got to get something. So there's the you answer. It it has happened, but I would say, well. Stewart and sucker know two more games to break the record. Wow. For most times of two Mr. Elvin being on wow. the same roster.
2: So that will be <laughs> in uh, LA.
1: I like it. Good question, I Rusty. I may use that. That was an uh, that was a research that took it uh, was one of the days I was home I think over the weekend maybe. Okay. And it it took me a little while but not a crazy amount of time. So I Good. like that kind of research. It's just sometimes it's just yeah. it's too yeah. much. But since it only went back to 76, I was willing to do it. Right. Okay. All right. Um this is from uh, our guy in in Brazil, okay, Alexander. Ahoy, salty ones! Hope this finds you both well. What's your favorite close game? Since you did, thanks for reading. I'm sure that question was prompted by uh, the Dallas game. Oh uh, yeah.
2: Well, any game you win uh, is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> you, it's good through
1: the years. One of these games that comes down to the wire. Um, I'm really surprised that one isn't jumping immediately to your mind. Well, I,
2: I like the 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 game against. Um, it was Sean King and yes, Warwick Dunn the against the Rams. Rams, yes. I was going to say, I had to stop for a second. Then they were in St. Louis at that time. St. Louis Rams. Yes. Um, that game sticks out to me
1: because it was
2: a Monday night game.
1: 38-35. Yeah. Widely considered probably the best regular season game in Team history. Yeah. Certainly exciting. It was Monday nighter, like you said. Yeah. It was the greatest show on turf for Rams. Rams. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sean King made – well, Wark made the play where he was getting mm-hmm. tackled by Kevin Carver, and he pitched it back to Sean King, and this was on the winning drive, and Sean King ran around the end for yep. 15 yards and got a penalty on the end for 15 more. Sure. Wark Dunn d- dived into the end zone on second down, and, and then um, John Lynch picked off a pass at the end. Yep. that was that – was, So that was the first one that came to mind, but yeah. I'm going to throw out two more that I might even like a little bit better. All right. Um, one of them – it's a text from my son at Georgia Tech. Oh. One of them... Everything all right? Uh, it usually is. Okay. One of them was um, the Atlanta game in 2005. It was like week 16, and it was Atlanta and us, and I think Carolina, were all really tight to try to win the division, and the game went to overtime, and I th- can't remember who the return man was, but the return man fumbled on the opening. The Bucks won the toss, but our re- kickoff returner fumbled on the opening kickoff, giving Atlanta an easy field goal to win the game. And if they had won that game, we might not have even made the playoffs. Um, but uh, Dwayne White, the defensive end, blocked the field goal. Uh-huh. <clears throat> then that game went back and forth because Matt Bryant missed a field goal that he would normally make. It was like 40 or 35 yards. And it went, remember, went down to the wire, and the Falcons had the ball back and they they were facing a fourth down deep in their own territory. And Rich McKay was their GM at the time. I mean, he's, you know, been promoted several times since then. But, sure. Um, and there was some, there was, I think, somebody made a call down the sideline to find out if the Falcons could make a tie, could make the playoffs if they had a tie or uh-huh. if they had to have a win. And, you know, because it's like, do you punt? Because sure. if you punt, you're not going to win the game. What? But if you go for it and don't make it, you're giving, you're probably going to lose the game. Sure. So punting is playing for the tie. Sure. And, And going forward, it was playing to win or lose. Well, as it turned out, they did punt, but we were able to get in territory. I think Carl, whoever the return man was, was it still Carl in 2005? I believe so. Had a nice return, set up a short drive, and we won on a field goal. Okay. And then we ended up winning the division, Mm. which is the last time we've won the division. Okay, and what's your other game? It was that same year. I know you're going to remember this one. Mike Allstott, John Gruden, Washington, now called the football team. Oh, yeah. 35-34 35-34 after a big, I think, Edel Shepard caught a pass down the middle wow, from it Chris Sims. Yeah. And so we line up to go for the tying extra point. There's almost no time left in the game. They jump off sides and block it, and they get a penalty, so we get to try again. We start to do it again. They jump off sides again, and so this time John Gruden says, I'm taking the penalty, moves the ball to the one-yard line, and we're going for it. And you, we don't do anyth- anything that surprised anybody in the building. We hand it off to Mike Hallstein. Sure. He kind of gets hit. It looks like he's going down, but he makes a second effort and gets across the goal line. We win 36-35. <coughs> the
2: game that the, the other game that popped up to me, it, it was kind of a meaningless game, but it was against the Eagles at home, and it was the Matt Bryant 62-yarder
1: field yeah, goal okay. to win. Yeah, yeah.
2: I I just remembered that because, you know, we were never beating the Eagles. You know, oh. uh, you know what I'm saying? Is just well. we, well, they
1: were the hated Eagles. Then. Yeah, but right. they, we'd already beaten them yes, in the 2002. we did. We did. Yeah, that so, one, I mean, that one. We obviously yeah. had the incredible play at the end, but it was also kind of a disappointing game for a while sure. because Rondé had two pick sixes, <laughs> well, and then we allowed that. We allowed just a wide open play to.
2: He is Rondé is still bitter
1: that he was he, that
2: that Matt Bryant makes the field goal and gets, a
1: the and gets the key to the city. Gets the key to the city,
2: and Rondé goes, "Hey, you know, I scored a couple of touchdowns yeah. here. Are you kidding me? <laughs> two pick sixes I, in one game. I love it. I just, I just love it." Okay, he 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 kids, but I like it. Well, he does
1: deserve the credit. Sure. Hey, okay. Hey, dogs. This is the last one. All uh, right. Who's it from? Um, he's. It didn't say where he's from, but okay. his name is Mark Iverson, spelled like Alan Iverson. Okay. I know that Tom Brady came into this season not too far behind Drew Brees for the most passing yards ever. Mm-hmm. I believe I heard it's even possible that Brady could break the record in week four when the Bucks are in, yep, yep. New England.
2: Yep. How Tom,
1: awesome would that be?
2: Yeah, depending on how the next couple of games, it would probably be before the half in New England.
1: So my question to you guys, and it's probably going to have to be answered by Scott since he never gives Jeff a chance to get ready for these. Thanks. And this is a That's stats my
2: question. doing. That's my doing.
1: <laughs> so I'm not being mean to you. That's just no, the way you want that's it. that's just – yeah, I like surprises. So his question is, does it still look possible for that to happen in week four and – would Coach Arians actually think about this the week before? Like, if Brady's closing in on the record in the third game, which would be in L.A., Sure, but it's near the end and the game is already in hand, would he maybe call a bunch of running plays so that Brady doesn't break the record that week N- and saves it for the Patriots? N- now, I <laughs> have
2: not heard this question, right? You have not. I have not. 100%. So, Mark, just so you know, I don't have to research this because I think he's 756 yards short. Close. Okay.
1: You're not quite on that.
2: Right there. seven, seven- hundred. Seven hundred and one,
1: seven seventy-five.
2: Okay, seven seventy-five. So if you figure, you got to figure he's going to throw at least three hundred yards in Atlanta. This is you're assuming, okay? You're going to assume this, or you're. All right, let me back it up. Back it up. You're hopeful that he will throw three hundred yards against Atlanta, three hundred yards against the Rams. He only needs one hundred and seventy-five in New England. Probably gets it by the half. Okay, the half of. New England game. Wait,
1: first 100, 175 games yards by a half is on pace for a 350 games. So yes. Okay, so but that's if he only <laughs> stuck at 300 yards. Well, a couple in the things two here. Games. For him to break it before then, he'll have to average 387.5 passing yards per game. That's a hard go. He had a great game in this last one and finished with 379 and had to keep throwing. We couldn't really We didn't run much in the second one. Right. Round. Okay. Remember he had 4,633 yards during the regular season last year. Mm-hmm. That's not 300 yards a game. That's less than 300 yards a game. Okay. It's still amazing. Sure. But 300 yards a game would have been 4,800. Okay. And this year would be 5,100 because right. there's 17 games. So it's not like you're kind of assuming he's going to have two 300-yard games. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we shouldn't I'm assume hope- 300-yard I games. Know. I said hopeful. I backed it up. But he could have like 350 against the Falcons and 280 sure. against the Against the Rams. And sure, they could thing. have 700 against the Falcons and <laughs> call they, it quits. They did allow the most passing yards in the NFL last I year. I kind of threw it out there. Yeah. And they struggled they, against the, they did. the the mighty they did. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And Jalen Hurts, yep. who has like five career starts. Yep. So, but here's the question. Brady has very, too, he he blows the doors off of the Falcons. Sure. And it's late in the Rams game. Mm-hmm. He's within... We're winning, or we're winning or losing by 20 points, let's say. Sure. And he's within 10 yards, and there's like two minutes left. Yeah. Do you let him throw a pass and break the record right there, or do you go, eh, this one's over, go in there, Blaine, finish this one up, so that he, just so he could break the record in England.
2: I don't know. You think they're doing the math at that time?
1: No, and I don't think that the coach would do that. That's either. what I, I. Same thing.
2: Now, here's the here's a bigger question. If he is fortunate enough. To break it when he's in New England, do they stop the game like they did with Drew Brees, brought the kids out? Yeah, but that's not something Tom Brady would, would particularly want. But does... I doubt it. Do they stop the game? I think for they make second? an announcement. They, they grab the ball? Do they... Yeah. I mean... I mean, Robert Kraft and.
1: They Tom probably make Brady, an announcement with the like
2: crowd cheers. Sure, cheers. 20 years. Yeah. I mean, do you forget that. But you don't seven, have a ceremony or anything. You know, 6,000, whatever number it is, is, we're with New England. And, you know, so. Are you
1: talking about his passing yards?
2: Yeah, whatever. You uh, went really low on that. Well.
1: Because it's around like 80,000.
2: Is that what it is? Something so like so that. So there you go. So whatever. And, oh, and I said 757. That was pretty close. I bu- well, I. F- I I read it somewhere and I flipped the numbers in my Except head. If you go back and listen, it, goes, this, it would be.
1: If you go back and listen to this, you'll realize you said seven fifty six.
2: Oh, did I? Okay. Well, I'm
1: thinking seven fifty seven. Are you sure you didn't? Is there that a, is, is, is that is there a plane? Is there a seven fifty seven?
2: Yes. Okay. You fly those most of the time.
1: Is that what the normal it, thing is? Uh, yeah. Okay. That's it's it's a
2: it's well known plane. Yes. I know
1: there's a seven forty seven. I uh, they're the obsolete thing. now. I didn't know if there's a yeah no
2: seven fifty sevens are obsolete. I'm
1: not a plane expert. Well, yet. lot uh, right seven thirty sevens right
2: now. 717s are really big right now too. But wow, this is I know.
1: way more info than I asked for. Well, it's
2: kind of like with you and your stats. Continue, but I don't yes. have anything to continue. That's it. I, I think I think he I think
1: he breaks it. That's not the question. Oh. would you engineer it to make sure that he doesn't break yeah. it before then? No. no, and I don't think they're counting at that point either. No, it's <clears throat> no, a hard go to do that. He's probably not going to average 387.5 yards the next two games, mm-hmm. so he's probably going to go to New England with it very much in his sights. Wow. The more interesting thing would be if like, he needed 200 yards. Isn't that weird how stuff like that happens?
2: guy's there 20 years, and then he's going to break the it record. you you happen, to be there. Yeah. Was someone doing the math when they were yeah, doing right? the scheduling? Mike, put North, him past him? Mike North of the NFL is going, okay, if we do it this yeah. way, yeah, you know, okay, Mike's a good this guy.
1: He averages Yeah. Okay, so this yeah. is the target game. And let's week make more. it a
2: Thursday game so it's the only game No, on no, 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 no. Oh, no, Sunday, Sunday night, night game, which makes it the biggest game of the week.
1: They would never waste Tom Brady sure. going back to New England on a Thursday night. No. That would never happen. Well,
2: I would think they would because then everybody would watch it and make your Thursday night
1: game no, bigger. that has to... I think Sunday night is the biggest game now. Yeah. I think it's bigger than Monday night. Oh, yes, no question. I think Sunday night is the premium game. And uh, that's where you got to put that game. Well, that's because you're
2: already in football mode, and you've been in football mode all day. So you're capping off the night with know, one last It just seems game.
1: like they're getting better matchups every season. Like, well, they are because they're they're picking the prime games. So yeah, they're picking before yeah, ESPN gets to pick. Yes, yeah, it, it all. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's they only get one game a week, and so does ESPN. Fox and CBS, of course, get multiple games because they have those. But now they're mixing and matching. What's the Thursday game? Uh, NFL Network.
1: I thought early in the year was something else, though.
2: Uh, it used to be TNT. It used to be. It's
1: going to be Amazon next year.
2: Yeah. Which. It's fine so by me. I don't know. I got it. I got Amazon. Yeah, I'm not so sure how that's going to fly. Yeah. Just streaming only. Sure just people streaming unhappy. only? Only? Streaming? Uh, stream- yeah. Is that.
1: I mean, it's Amazon. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I that's streaming, right? Well, I mean, I've got it on my TV.
2: Yeah, but it's not a over-the-air. Yeah, it's not a cable. It's only an internet. I guess. Yeah,
1: I can't. I, the lines are all blurred for me now. Yeah. Well, know,
2: there's that. I too. just know.
1: Hey, that's on my TV. Netflix yeah. is on my TV. <laughs> Hulu not on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I can't watch The Handmaid's Tale. Okay. And then what's the one that I? Oh, I want to watch. Um, the one everybody's raving about now about know. the coach coach lasso oh ted lasso e- everybody's raving about yeah. that show everybody i know not just people that are into sports yeah, i know and um because it's, and a it's on apple tv i think yeah it, I it's it's because
2: one. it's because it's uplifting which he, is good i like that that sounds good to me it's sports but it's not about sports it's about a coach and how he motivates his people and how he solves problems and yeah
1: Sounds good to me, and everybody raves about it, so I'd like to see it, but that's not on my team. Great
2: life experiences. Certainly like uh, Scott Smith visits the Beef (laughs) O'Brady's. All right. Uh, Time for me to say, if you tuned into this podcast and you were looking for classics, you found them. Wings, nachos, Angus burgers, beer. Put them all together, and you get Beef O'Brady's. Hungry for tailgating greatness? Try beefs. Go full on catering. They have that for game day. Uh, Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets tailgate time. Got anything else? Nope. Since you did, thanks for listening.